If you want your feelings cherished and you want your thoughts respected, then what's your partner going to get? <laughs> right. <laughs> so ask yourself, is it more important for you in your romantic relationships to have your feelings cherished by your partner or to have your thoughts respected by your partner? Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hi, how are you, babe? Okay. Um, this is one of those special moments where we get to have one of our guests back because my gosh, she's just, just a thought leader. And, um, I love her grace and her support for all of us as women listening to this. So we can really step into our hugely amazing power. Like, uh, so if you haven't listened to the first episode with Kelly Adame, you should go listen to that one. Um, now you can listen to this one and then go listen to that one, but trust me, it's going to be these back-to-back episodes are going to be really, really special for you. Um, and today's topic of what Kelly Adame is so knowledgeable at, which is masculine feminine energies and relationships. We're actually talking about how to spot like healthy masculine energy, which I think is so important. And also like some of the downfalls as women is what we do that doesn't cultivate that not to put blame on ourselves because we're not, I'm not at all. She's not at all. None of that's happening. But some of the things that we may have been raised to do that are not helping (laughs) us in that area. And then also some things that we tend to do thinking that someday our prince is going to come. And so whether you are in a relationship, single, somewhere in between, totally celibate and swearing men off forever, like there's so much in this episode that I think is really important because we all do have men and women in our lives and we can really start to see where we can do some self-work on ourselves to continue to attract incredible humans in our lives and also some permission to give ourselves to just stop doing things. (laughs) Ladies, we don't have to do things all the time. We can just be in the feeling of it. So I really hope that this episode with Kelly gives you lots of permission. Um, she's got some great beat action items on both episodes and, um, I already want her back. Like I already want her back. So, um, anyways, <laughs> she is awesome. Here is Kelly Adami. Loves, it's here. OPC Summer Camp. You know that thing we started last year? Well, we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world, which means all day long you can nerd out with me at Camp Zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite Pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot. No, you can have the amazing food from your own home. You can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for. In fact, you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money. In fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo!
All right, be it babe. I'm really excited about this. This is the first time I'm actually seeing this woman on my screen, but I had her in my ears while on a plane and I was listening to her on another podcast. I'm going, oh my God, I've always wanted to know more about this masculine feminine energy. I've always wanted mm-hmm. to understand how it works in relationships or just in life. And she was just just phenomenal and made me at ease because sometimes I feel like people get a little woo-woo on this and I'm yes. a one. <laughs> I'm a one yeah. woo girl. So Kelly Adame. Me too. <laughs> Thank you so I'm much. I'm like a reformed. Me. I've been deep into the woo and come out and and balance. So <laughs> I relate. I understand that journey, but I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Like I told somebody uh, something happened yesterday and my husband just laughed because like we had this whole situation in our neighborhood and I actually ran into the neighbor who like took the situation out of control and I explained to them in like nice calm words like, this is why I didn't respond to your question in that moment. And this is why you didn't need that information. And here's the information now. And they were so good with it. And I text another neighbor who knew. And she's like, oh, the healing powers of the Aquarius and the full moon. That's what's happening here. And I was just like, yep, sure. Okay. <laughs> I okay. Like, I don't, like, I, is it? Great. If yeah. it's not, it's also yeah. fine with me. I'm just glad that that's done. When I told Brad, he just was yeah. like, of course she'd say that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, what's really funny about that as a starting point is that I, when I was in my twenties, I was a part of this women's community where I did a ton of healing and it, it was very woo woo. There were some amazing things, you know, and healing that happened there. But what happened was I basically re- realized that all of these women, none of them had successful relationships with men. Mm. So there was all this beautiful healing, but they were, so they had all this, you know, self-awareness and they had all of this actualization, but they were like single. And didn't have any clear way of understanding about how to like navigate that journey. And I I was like baffled by that. And I knew for me that I wanted that ultimately, that I wanted, you know, like a good monogamous committed man to love and pursue and cherish me and to build a life together. And I wanted that. And it's fine if you don't want that, but I did. And they had no idea how to help me get that. And it's one of the things that became part of like, I got to figure this out because if I'm all healed and amazing, but all alone, like that's not, that's not my vision. That's not my end vision. You know what I mean? Oh, Kelly. That's so cool. So for, hi Kelly. Thanks for being hi, here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping um, in. Leslie. I know we really jumped in. Um, okay. So that makes sense because before we recorded, you're like, yeah, I kind of like stumbled into this. So that kind of is like your curiosity led you here. Can you tell everyone a little bit who you are and what you're doing? Yes, <laughs> so- yes. sure. <laughs> um, so my name is Kelly Adami and I am trained and educated as a depth psychotherapist. So I went to graduate school to do that. And um, in that journey and in my graduate research, I fell into this study of what became largely focused around masculine and feminine energy. Um, And we'll dive into all of that and how that happened. But basically in my graduate research, I was really struck by a lot of Carl Jung's work, which is like, he's a famous psychoanalyst. A lot of people are aware of him. And he said that anywhere in a society where a lot of individual people are suffering from the same personal pain. He says, there's something from the collective unconscious that's trying to make itself known. And it's akin to this. Like if you have pain in your knee, it sends a signal to your brain that says like, Ooh, like that hurts. There's something out of alignment, right? That pain is asking for your intention because it's telling you something's out of alignment. And then we, we try to figure out what it is. Right. Um, so that's the same principle in terms of approaching relationship is like if we're struggling in a relationship and there's pain or there's struggle or there's suffering there, there's something that's inviting us 
into something that we're not aware of. And so I thought, okay, well, in the modern Western world, for all of our advances and all of our progress, and, you know, I see people still really struggling, especially at my peer level, who were really struggling to make relationships work. They were, you know, kicking butt and taking names professionally and, you know, operating in their genius and on these self-healing journeys. But like, I saw very few people that were really crushing it in terms of romantic relationship. And so I didn't really have a lot to look to. So anyways, I thought, well, why are we sort of alignment with that? Like if we've progressed in all these other ways, what are we missing? And so that just became this discovery that took me down all these rabbit holes. And one of the things that discovered that I discovered that was just transformational in my own life and has become a cornerstone of my work is a deep and integrated understanding around masculine and feminine energy and how to apply it and embody it in a real way not just talking about it esoterically, but like, how do I actually communicate? How, what does it look like? You know, so anyways, all that. So did that. Um, and I, I originally thought I would do a lot more trauma work. I have a lot of trauma background. I have a lot of background in addiction. Um, and I got certified in hypnotherapy. I um, did two years of like a pastoral ministry training. I did like all kinds <laughs> of things like that certified as a relationship coach, like lots of training. You're Lots like, I'm into the learning. I'm going in. I was like, I am a learner. It's one of my top five strengths oh, on like hey. the Gallup strengths. Yes. My husband and I, right? that's actually uh Gallup strengths is why we had, we hooked up the first night. Cause we said, what are your top five strengths? And we had each other it. and we shared and he's like, you want to get out of here? And we totally had a great <laughs> night. <laughs> learner that's is awesome. not in my top five, but every but. one of my assistants is one. And thank goodness for you guys. <laughs> I yeah, need a learner. <laughs> seriously. I know. I love it. Right. So, but I've like have all that now that I'm trying to like share because, um, and so then I basically went into, I ended up pretty quickly going into private practice for gosh, it's been like nine years. And I, it really immediately, I was very blessed. It immediately was successful. And I've had just a very high referral based yeah. practice for nine years and honed a lot of all of that learning with people and help them have trans a lot of transformation. So women, men, I work with a lot of men. That's also been so amazing. So I have a lot of insight and understanding about men, couples, um, you know, and I think relationships are amazing because they become this amazing container for healing and for growth. Yeah. Okay. You know? So I have so many things I like want to like yeah. noodle around. Um, so first of all, for the person who's listening, who's only heard of mask and feminine energy from the person wearing all white with the beautiful light on them and the crystals everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um, can you explain what we're talking about? So we're all on the same page with what that is. And like, can, uh, can we embody both energies? Like, is it possible to have both? And hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. So I want to try to make it as like applicable as possible. Right. I don't, so I'm going to try to be very clean and clear about it. So essentially in the simplest of terms, all human beings, despite their gender, carry masculine and feminine energy, right? Carl Jung talks about the animus and the anima, that like a man has also a, an aspect of his soul that is feminine and vice versa. And so, but when you, when the idea is that you want to understand it so that it becomes applicable in your life. So if we look at it today, if I were to say, so I carry both masculine and feminine energy, right? So do you, so does my husband and so does your husband. So essentially when you're in a relationship, there's four of you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's before we bring in the astrological, astrological signs. <laughs> yeah, that's before you bring in all the temperaments and like what you are in the Enneagram and all the other pieces, right? But we're just keeping it, keeping it simple. So the reality is, let's just define it a little bit so you understand in principle what I'm talking about when I say energy. So 
it's like any human being who's working, right? So if I'm thinking, if I'm pursuing, if I'm doing productive, if I'm doing something, if I'm initiating, if I'm leading, if I'm thinking, if I have ideas, if I'm making money, if I'm setting a goal, if I'm functioning in any, if I'm in school, if I'm in work, I'm functioning in masculine energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So masculine energy says like, I think I want, um, it goes after what it wants. Um, it's very rational oriented feminine energy is essentially it's complement. So it's energy is, um, more passive than active. It's about receiving more than it is about giving. It's about being authentically connected to your emotions and your feelings and allow and giving them space to be integrated and honored. And we talked about how that marries with the masculine side of things. Um, it's connected to sensuality and sexuality and beauty and, you know, all the things that inspire us really. Um, so the idea is you want, if you, you know, my perspective is ideally we want to have a healthy, like inner marriage of those, right. Sort of like the yin and the yang, same idea where you're balancing both of those energies within yourself so that, you know, so like, I love my work and I know when I'm functioning in masculine energy and that's great, but I really had to learn how to I connect with and embrace the feminine aspect yeah. of my life. And the reason that's important is because in our current culture, and this is certainly was true for me, you know, I was raised by a corporate businesswoman, love my mom. She's amazing. She broke glass ceilings and did amazing things, but she was not really available to me in her feminine energy in a lot of ways. Um, later, actually, ironically, after she retired and stuff that shifted, but all that to say, I was raised to be really function in that masculine to perform. So it's like, this is, this is why a lot of the women I work with are high achievers or perfectionists. You know. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm being like therapized right now. Yes. All those things. <laughs> yes. My father, right. like love my parents, love you guys are listening. But like when they told me as a kid, like there will always be someone stronger, faster, prettier, richer than you. So you're only as good as like today's best work and tomorrow's a new day. Correct. Mm -hmm. Masculine energy. Nailed it. Got that. <laughs> yeah. We like we're kicking ass in that late. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but when you, but when I ask women today, I'm like, well, tell me how you feel about X, Y, and Z, they'll immediately bridge the other hemisphere of their brain and tell me what they think. So they say, they'll say, so they'll give a thought and I go, that's not a feeling. That's a thought. Okay. That's a wrap. Well, how do you feel? They don't even, what do you mean? How do I, I don't even know how I feel like, or I had my sad? therapist you, say like, where do you feel that? I'm like, what? <laughs> What do you in mean? my body? Oh, yeah. Like, where well, no, because you're like, I'm not pure. I don't, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. where am I supposed to feel it? Because I can think that. I'll get there. <laughs> no. And, you know, listen, what's so amazing is that, like, so we get into all these. The thing that's also beautiful about this work is that it has to be connected to other, other pieces of understanding. It's sort of like, you know, the roots of a tree. There's a lot of things connected to it. If you just take masculine and feminine energy by itself, isolated, and you don't teach like a lot of the other things that I teach, it can't be as transformational. It can't be as integrated. So what I mean by that, for example, is sort of what we're talking about. Like we grow up in our family system and we are in our families. And those are the very first human beings that we have relationship with. And for better, or for worse, they download and become the baseline of our reference of what relationship is. I talk about that being like your relationship blueprint. And so how you observe the dynamics between your, your parents or the people who helped raise you, how they spoke to you, how they, you get conditioned and shaped by that environment. And that is your baseline. That's normal. And then you, that's like your programming that gets downloaded. And then you go out in the world and you're like, okay, I'm going to go take that programming and do, 
you know, what I've learned to do from this environment. We also learn to adapt to survive those environments, right? Because I've never met anybody whose childhood was perfect. Have you? <laughs> no. Right. I, although I think when we were kids, we're like, they have a better childhood. They have what I want. <laughs> like, you know what I, I don't know. <laughs> at least true. At least those of us who are like, yeah, oh, this is not, I don't think this is right. I'm going to go there. That looks my, I thought my best friend had the best childhood. I thought she had the yeah. best parents, the best family. And unfortunately right. she's no longer with us on this world. And it's because mm. she actually thought she didn't have that. And mm -hmm. it's just, that was like when that happened, it happened last year. So she was um just shy of like 39 and it's like, oh, wow, it's so crazy. Like we look at other people and we just go, they have the, they have the life that I'm wanting. And really we don't know half the story. So, um, no. so it's like, yeah, I understand what you're saying and no one has ever had a perfect childhood. Everyone will have flaws in it. No. Um, and I, I guess that's like the journey that we're all supposed to be on is to feel those things. Totally. Totally. I think so. I mean, if you have the desire to change and the courage to do the work, right? I mean, and the willingness. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the thing. And for the people who want to do that, there are tribe, right? Between you and me. That's like, you know, and I love everybody. You could be exactly where you are. I accept you with no judgment. And if you're trying to take this journey, like I'd love to be able to support mm -hmm. you and be of service, right? That's yeah. my heart. I think that's yours too. Yeah. From everything I can see about about yeah. all the beautiful things you do. So, so all that to say, it's like when we, you know, we grew up in this environment and then we're adapting to survive that environment. Um, then that becomes our conditioning. And, and, you know, this gets into this idea of parts work that I do too, which is where you develop these parts that, you know, like I, I developed maybe like a performer part, which is that like, like, if I get good grades and if I do really great and I perform well, then I get like love and, and, you know, um, acknowledgement from my family, from my parents. And wow, that feels really good. So let me keep doing that. So now I'm going to keep performing. Now I'm going to keep achieving. Now I'm going to keep, and that's going to be my love language. So then I'm going to grow up and I'm going to start dating men. And I'm going to be putting out there like, Hey, look at all these great things I can do. Look at all these things I've achieved. Look at how great look I am. I, Hello. Look at how great I am. <laughs> I have a, I have a client and she's, she talks a lot about her PhD. And I can tell her identity is really tied to like, she's like, like, I am a great catch and I have this PhD and I, you know, I've done all these things. And I go, listen to me, you are amazing. And everything that you did to turn that, that to earn that PhD is amazing. And that is not where your value comes from. Mm. And PS, I have yet to hear a man go to another man. Like, oh, have you seen her PhD? <laughs> Have you seen all the degrees on her wall? Like, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a girl <laughs> with lots of numbers on the end of her. You know what I mean? No, I, so, I do know what you mean. <laughs> and that's not just, I mean, and I'm saying like, I have graduate level education. I Go get it. Just don't tie your identity and your self-worth to that. Yeah. I think that that like, it's, I think that's really, oh gosh, it's kind of like, um, you never know when they could get taken away, you know, like we, especially like mm -hmm. during the pandemic, so many people lost their jobs or were, or not even lost mm -hmm. their jobs, but unable to do the jobs. And they didn't actually know yeah. who they were because right. they were so tied up in the identity of the job. Um, right. and, or if they like, uh, we had, I had a guest on, he was a stay at home father. And when his daughter, like mm -hmm. when they took her to college, she, they thought he had like another day with her and she's like, okay, bye guys. And he just like, did not know who he was if he did not yeah. have a child at home to be the mm -hmm. stay at home father. And it's like, we, mm -hmm. people get so wrapped up in the look, what they do and not, and that's not mm -hmm. what you're saying is like who we are and like what we, the value right. we bring. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have to kind of fight to untangle that and figure it out 
for a lot of us, certainly for me, that came from the conditioning of my, you know, it was like never an option that I wasn't going to college. Like my mom was like scheduling family trips when I was like in the fourth grade to go visit colleges while we were visiting national parks. You know what I mean, it was like, this is happened. It was, you know, and I remember graduating undergraduate, like, you know, when I got my bachelor's and people would ask you all the time, like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I had this epiphany, like, what do I want to do? And it was just this moment where I was like, I've never even asked myself, what do mm. I want to do? Because I was living so much of my life for what I thought my parents wanted or expected of me or what I thought was going to garnish approval. Like I, it was like a, like, so it just, it I feels want? so that, oh my God, that's a question. Everyone write that down. And like, that's your journal entry for today. Everyone's like, what do I journal about? You could just actually, that could be the question of the prompt every day. Um, are you, <laughs> I don't, again, I don't want to like, um, whittle it down masculine feminine to like anything like specific, but like, is the, what, like what I want to do a more of a feminine approach, a feminine energy approach versus like, I actually feel like our entire world is like all of us being a masculine energy. It's yes, kind of interesting it because is. not to get onto the worlds, I don't want to actually dive in and, and be the person who talks about like what masculinity <laughs> is, but like, it really feels like no one actually knows how to be masculine in this world, but we're all in this yeah. masculine energy. And no one yes, knows how no. to be in the feminine. Okay. So this is what I'm saying. Like we could probably do a four hour podcast. This, I, know, like, I, swear I, to know. I got um, time. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Good. I know this is my jam. I love it. So it's fascinating. So what's cool about um, the field of depth psychology is it looks, it's a subset of psychology. It looks at the way nature, culture, and the individual, um, like um, the individual psyche and the collective psyche. So you can look at things happening with, with a, a personal journey, but you can also look at what's happening in a culture where a lot of things are shifting. So there's obviously a lot of what you're talking about is relevant today. And it's tricky to talk about, you know, a little bit sometimes because I want to be respectful of everybody, but I also like, I can only share what I know is truth that I've experienced working with hundreds and hundreds of people and what I've studied and what I know, but essentially we are out of balance within ourselves, men and women, and I think that we are on one hand starved for authentic feminine energy. And I kind of, you know, like I'm definitely like a first wave feminist. And I think that the feminist movement was amazing in the sense that it opened all these doors for women to pursue all of our gifts and abilities in the world. And society in the world has benefited. One of my best friends is an amazing surgeon. She's a doctor. And I remember that whole going through that whole journey with her. But I think that also what happens is we didn't go, okay, but at what cost did that come? Because we basically said, hey, you can go do anything a man can do and you can go shift into that energy and go to work and get degrees and do whatever you want to do. But what happened too is we stayed overly focused with women in that masculine energy and sort of that feminine energy like got out of balance. And also it sounds like it doesn't also sounds like we didn't invite men to like, by the way, you could also embody your feminine energy and like, look at all, Mm -hmm. like, obviously Mm -hmm. like I'm like trying to picture like my parents' generation actually like talking about energies. And like, I feel like it's a privileged conversation because I feel like if you don't have food on the table, then like, does it really matter? (laughs) Well, it's primal survival. I mean, whether you're a single or in a relationship, in a marriage, in a family, like it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have to have a roof over your head. You have to have food. You have to have practical things. But I think that, you know, what I mean by that, you know, specifically is that, and it is, you're, you're right. um, Because I was blessed to not have to worry about financial means growing up. Right. But 
I did, I felt emotionally, um, neglected. Like I, I, there was, I was like, it was like your feelings. No, no, mm -mm, no emotions. Quit crying. We're not doing that. Get it together. Go do what you got to do. Go to your room and cry. And I actually think that that was like, you know, those emotional, uh, those emotions we were told like, don't be emotional. You can't be hysterical. Oh my gosh. So like society, whether it's at home or at school and then heaven forbid, you finally got the job and you're so lucky to be born the year you're born because now you can have this job, but don't you dare cry at that job and don't actually show too many emotions. And if you're too nice, people will walk all over you. So like all these mixed messages. Yeah. How am I supposed to untangle that? Yeah. And you know, and this is what, this is why it was so fascinating in my journey, right? Cause I look at my mom and her peers and, you know, my grandmother was a stay at home mom of the 1950s. And my mom was like, yeah, I'm going to make my own money and be able to have my own choices and, and good for her. And she had to battle men that were trying to sleep with her and people that thought you didn't want to give her credit. Cause she was a woman and all those things that I love and honor, respect my mom for, but she was sort of overcompensating for what was happening, what she saw happen with her mom. And so her, my godmother, her best friends, they were all like, you know, power suits, like crushing it. And they would say to me, get an education, go travel Europe. Do you don't, don't you even think about getting married until you're in your thirties. You have plenty of time. Right. And I believe them. Why wouldn't I? But that turned out not to really be the truth for me. Mm-hmm. And I think true for a lot of women, because I work with them. So I have all these women, and this was partly my journey where we went out and did all those things. And attained our independence. And I know that I could be self-sufficient. I'm educated in all these things. And there was a part of me that like, but gosh, I would really love to find love and to find like my partner and to build a life together and, and, and have some babies and have it like, I'd like to have it all right. You mm-hmm. say I can have it all, but nobody was showing me how to do this other half. Right. It's like, Oh, well, it's just going to happen. Uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, no, it doesn't. That's not the world we live in anymore. Yeah, it's a different. So I'm also very clear with women. I'm like, look, you can have it all. You can have a career and you can like bust out that masculine energy in those ways. But you just if you also, P.S., want a loving, successful relationship, if you want to be equally successful in this area of your life or you want to have babies or you want to have a family, you have to be intentional about that. You have to have some clarity. Don't think it's just going to fall into your lap. Right. Because the social norms and the dating and, you know, courting norms of like our grandparents' generation is not where we are anymore. Men can order sex like pizza. Women can be financially independent, right? It's a choice now, but you have to really be intentional if that's what you want to create. Yeah. And does that make sense? Oh, and, make, it makes so much sense because I have many, many of the female clients I had, they are all able to support themselves and they have their own homes and they can do their own IVF treatments and they would love to have love. And there's a little bit of resentment because they feel like they were kind of duped by society telling them like, go for the yes. job, get the thing. And then yes. you can always find love later. And yes. and I think like, yes, I don't think it was wrong for them to go for the job. I think that that is, I want to be very clear because mm-hmm. like, I think yeah, it's really important that women have the ability to be independent. 100%. However, if we're not it's an trained, and. it's not an or, yeah. it's an and. But also it doesn't have to be so, you're right, it's yeah. not be binary. It's not like, okay, I go for the job and then I can become feminine and I get the man. It's like, or the woman or whoever you want to get. Yeah. But like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. like all of us are not actually being taught how to be in our feminine. It sounds like the, we, mm-hmm. it seemed like so natural to be 
a female. Mm-hmm. So you just have feminine energy. Um, <laughs> and actually, like, as you have said, both parties need to, we have both. So we need to have both, but no one's teaching that. Everyone's teaching us how to be in masculine and go, go, go. And no one's actually saying how yes. to be still and like feel your emotions and feel your feelings. And, and yeah. so it doesn't really matter how much time and money you have if you don't know how to be in that space. So I guess the question really? I have for you, Kelly, is like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you have like uh, 17 hours of of like trainings on this. Um, and it's not as simple <laughs> as like a light switch of like, but how do we become course. more in our feminine energy? Like how yeah. do we invite not only ourselves as a, as a female listeners listen to this, but like also the partners, like my husband will listen to this episode and he, we're going to talk yeah. about you. Um, <laughs> and Love it. I think he feels his feelings sometimes way more than I do. <laughs> Like sometimes yeah. like I can just watch him like being in the moment and feel the energies and like share his feelings. And I'm like, wow, how did you just do that? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you know, it's interesting because look, same thing. And like, I have, I think, I think I have high masculine and feminine energy and I think so does my husband. So he's very emotionally intelligent. Um, so he can be really in touch with his emotions and he's hyper rational and he's like a thinker and he's a, you know, he's a civil engineer and, um, he's also a pastor. So he's like a ring, he's crazy. Um, and he's, his, his journey has been pretty amazing in its own right because he had his own masculine journey of healing of where he mm-hmm. had to go through as a man. And so I think you can't also talk about this without talking about, you know, I think what men go through too. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, like, you know, this, a lot, all of this can apply to same sex relationships. It's just that most of the women I work with and most of what my experience has been is working with people who are like looking for opposite. So that's the only reason I'm using that language. But um, so basically it's like, again, there's, so there's four of you, no matter what, Yeah. <laughs> right. You're, you're masking him in his message and there's a spectrum, right? Like for everybody. And, and technically you want the polarity to create because basically it's like, did you ever in um, like junior high science class, you know, take the two magnets. And if, if they had the same electromagnetic polarity and you brought them close to each other and they were the same charge, like you couldn't force them together, they would repel. Mm-hmm. Right. But if one was negatively charged and one was positively charged, you could bring them together or they would just, it's the same thing. If we are made of energy and the way that we show up in the world, like there is something to that polarity and we can choose it in any given moment to some degree. So the idea is in your, when you're working, you're in masculine period. People are not paying you for your feelings. (laughs) They're paying for your, right. They're paying for your competency and your production and your brilliance and all that. But in your romantic relationships, you have to sort of decide how you, what you want to experience and how you want to embody that. Right. And I think part of what, um, Part of that is, you know, you get to negotiate it within each relationship, but in general, I tell people you want to choose a primary position. You can switch lanes. You can put the blinker on and switch lanes, right? So my husband can talk to me about his feelings and I can talk to him about my thoughts um, and my ideas, but I, we don't, we don't signal conflict with each other by competing for the same position in any given moment. Mm. Does that make sense? You know, that is so interesting because I have like, I'll notice like, if I'm going through something, if my husband is also going through something, like, yeah. it doesn't feel uh, like we can actually solve the problem. But if exactly. if he's going through something and I can like stand firm, then he can feel his feelings go through that yeah. and then um, and then vice versa. So it's almost like 
I, I, am I making sense of what you're saying? Yes, like I, totally. Yeah. So you can kind of yield to support one another where you are when you are, of yeah. course. But if you're both trying to get the exact same needs met all the time, you're going to neutralize chemistry. You're going to invite conflict. You're going to, you know, like repel each other yeah. and not really know why. It's kind of like what I think like, um, I remember hearing someone say like a marriage is never 50, 50. It's like 90, 10. It's like someone is getting the 90 and someone's getting the 10. The important thing is that you switch places and like someone, how that happens. And Brene uh-huh. Brown, you know, said in one interview, she said like, you know, if I'm not doing well, my husband can pick up more of the slack sure. or vice versa. But if we're both going Hey, today I'm at 40%. We're both at 40%. Like neither one of us can help the other one. Then what are we going to, what, what are we going to let go of? <laughs> what are we going to do? Cause we got to, mm-hmm. we're, if we, we both can't be down. Otherwise there's gonna be more conflict mm-hmm. and everything's going to fall apart. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what you're saying. And that's like my, how my brain is kind of interpreting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a balance too. Cause it's like, look, there's three things you really need to like, you know, have to have a successful long-term monogamous relationship. You have to have chemistry. It's either there or it isn't, right? Otherwise you're friends. Uh, you got to have compatibility, which means that you essentially in the, in like the big rocks, you want the same things. Mm-hmm. Like if one of you wants 10 kids and one of you wants no kids, all other things being great, that's a deal breaker, right? If one of you wants to like live in an RV and travel over the world and somebody wants to like live in San Diego and never move, like potential deal breaker. Right. So, and, and nobody's wrong for what they want, but that's just a matter of like, you can't be incompatible and then be resentful because somebody's not doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Those are things you have to be clear about. So chemistry, compatibility, and then communication. Yeah. And in my experience, most people need help with communication. I haven't met anybody that, right. So there's a, a lot of work I do around communication. Um, and part of that is like understanding what are my needs and how do I communicate, um, lovingly and respectfully to get those needs potentially met. And it's not uh, a a demand. It's not a command, but it's also not self-abandonment. I'm also not going to just not say anything, but part of that is this goes into the feminine energy. How do I know what I need? Well, as particularly it's true for all people, but as a woman, I would say, what am I actually feeling? Step one. And then you have to sort of like acknowledge that it's okay to feel that feelings by definition are irrational but they are just as valuable as rational thoughts in the human experience. Mm. So you can't just be like, ah, emotions are like lame. (laughs) I'm not going to feel them because you can repress them. You can act out over them. You can have addictions to numb them out, but they will at some point come for a reckoning. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's why people get in. That's why people get into, you know, you know, well, they would get into like therapy with me or counseling or, or work through something and then be like, why that was like 20 years ago. I thought I was over that, but it's like, right there. I'm like, yeah, because it never got integrated. You actually never honored it and allowed it, you know, the place to get expressed and honored and neutralized in order to really move beyond it. And so those things are sitting under the surface and driving a lot of our behavior, Mm -hmm. right? So the idea is for me to be authentically integrated in my own masculine and feminine energy, I know, know what I think, know what I want, but also what am I feeling and what do I don't want? Like what doesn't feel good to me and what would feel good to me? That's like a great question. Instead of like just thinking through that lens of what do I want? What do I think I need? But to take a minute and check in with yourself and learn how to lean in to go like, what would feel good to me? So I tell women, like, this is a good practice. Like don't do something, ask yourself, does this feel good to me? And if it doesn't, the answer is no, thank you. We're also so conditioned to say yes and to just do it. 
But then we can be resentful about that. Then we can be passive aggressive about that. Then we can feel like, well, you owe me because I did this. No, you weren't, you weren't clear with you first. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. That's the whole thing. To be in healthy relationship, you have to be able to take personal responsibility for your behavior, your actions, your words. But you also have to know what you're feeling. And that's a that's a lot of what a lot of women have to learn. Like, okay, well, what am I really? I just had a session earlier today where she's like, gosh, it's like so hard because I was so conditioned to just like get depressed with my feelings or just avoid my feelings or just get busy, you know, and now here I am, my father's died. I'm like having this, you know, all this emotional stuff come up and I have no idea how to deal with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's this backlog of years of stuff that I haven't, you know, worked through. So, you know, it's, it's emotional intelligence. Like, what am I feeling? And women in our physiology, we need to feel good in order to do good. Yeah. And male physiology is opposite. They need to do good in order to feel good. So like for my husband, he wants to do things to feel like he's winning or he's accomplishing a task or he's doing something that makes me feel good, right? Then he feels like he's winning. I need to feel good in order to go do good. So this is the other challenge and problem with us being over-functioning in masculine energy as women in our culture is that if I'm doing, 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 and I, I'm doing good, but I'm not feeling good. Like your body can take the hits in your twenties and your thirties, yeah. but you start to get older. Cause I've worked with women in all those generations. It's like, your body's like, I, I can't keep taking the hits. Like you're going to have to deal with some of this stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I feel like I, I really wish I had taken advantage of my twenties and thirties mark. Cause I feel great at 40. I know I look great for 40, but there are some, sometimes I'm like, who that feels different. I actually am not recovering well from that. <laughs> I, yeah, we I, don't. It's just taking a little different to recover from that. Okay. Noted. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I'm like, I literally just had to start wearing reading glasses. I was like, what is happening? Like, this is crazy. I should have read more but books you- when I was younger. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, you know, you love yourself where you are. And I think 40s is an amazing place to be. I'm with you in that. So it's, you know, but I think it's just, um, it's one of those things where you also, we have to learn to have, create the space maybe that we were never given, right? This Mm -hmm. is where like a lot of times in therapy, you're going through a reparenting process. You're giving yourself the things maybe that you weren't given. And maybe your parents didn't give it to you because nobody gave it to them. You know, everybody, I'm, I'm of the belief, like everybody's doing the best they can. And it's not that we want to blame, you know, our, our parents and our childhoods for everything, but we do want to understand the cause and effect. Why do I operate the way I operate today? Why do I do what I do? And a lot of times we don't even know what, what that is, unless we're working with someone else that can help us in that process. A lot of stuff sits in the shadow. We don't. Yeah. I I totally understand. Like, I mean, my, like people, have like asked like my husband, I'm like, Oh, you're gonna have children. And I said, well, no, but you have to understand when I met my husband, um, I was, uh, five years, five years younger than my grandmother was when I was born. So in my upbringing, (laughs) I was beyond parent age. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. and like, and so I like, so I, I understand that like medically and the way the world is, I could have, but like, that's just not the way that my brain saw it. And also yeah. then like being able to look at like what it was like to grow up having a mom who was super young with a grandmother who was super young and then how they were parented. It's like, of course, I, of course, this is how I see the world a little differently because 
They all did the best they can. How best can a 16 year old raise a child? Like, let's just be really completely honest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then yeah. how best can a 21 year old raise a child who went in a world where at the time they just did not even know what postpartum depression was. So there's mm -hmm. just a lot that we're all working through. And I think what's really cool is we live in a world now where there's a lot more information. And also mm -hmm. we are, we are in a, at least for those of us who are in the States or in Western societies, we are in a safe place to be able to lean into our masculine and get work done and, and make a living for ourselves and make choices. But also we owe it to ourselves and like the people around us and the next generation, totally. if you are a parent, to explore this other side so that they can have an even better opportunity. Like maybe they could actually enter the world with both and owning both and like feeling their feelings, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is kind of, I feel like it's almost like helping we have like the masculine energy down as women. It's like reclaiming the feminine and fully mm -hmm. integrating. So sometimes women are like, um, I had a woman recently that I was teaching in a mastermind and she was like, she's like, Kelly, I just got it. She was like, I literally just got it. She was like, you, I was like the, she's like the, what did she say? She said something like, you know, the, like the, she'd say the angry feminist, but she said like the, the feminist part of me was just like struggling with what you were saying. Like, I don't, you know, and she's like, and then I got it. And I was like, no, you're the prize. Mm -hmm. Like, it's about loving yourself first and valuing yourself and, and teaching and inviting a man in his, into his masculine energy in a way where he will want to pursue you, cherish you, protect you, love you in a way that puts your feelings above his feelings when it matters. And there's a way that that allows you to feel safe and feel loved in a way that Mm -hmm. you've never felt before. And that, that was her whole thing. I've never felt the strength and the safety of a man who loved me. Mm -hmm. I either was with men and watched men take advantage of my mom and my grandfather, or I was married to a narcissist. Like I have no idea what it looks like to have good, healthy, masculine energy. So I think mm -hmm. there's multiple reasons why we function in masculine energy. And that's another one we haven't even talked about. Some of it's the conditioning and some of it's like our culture and some of it is also like, it's the way we protect ourselves, Yeah. right? Like if I, if I'm the one giving and leading and initiating and planning and doing everything, there's a sense of control for me Yeah. and I get to feel safe in that. So if I'm, but you want me to feel vulnerable and you want me to share my feelings and you want me to ask, you know, well, and allow a man to lead and receive from him, like, uh, that's too scary. I can't but also it sounds like you have to be around a man who has good awareness about both his masculine and feminine energies as well, because otherwise he can't just be only in his masculine. That's not going to make you feel safe to be in your feminine. Like they have to be able to understand those things as well. And I think it also good masculine energy, which you just like said, like, it's not just about them being masculine. It's about them yes. making you feel safe and putting your feelings above there's yeah. what it is. Well, and just to clarify, okay. right. Cause there's a lot of like, this is where we get like, you know, like there's masculinity and there's toxic masculinity and there's all it's like I'm just talking about the principle of what healthy masculine energy looks like embodied in a man it looks like a man who will lead provide protect cherish women children in the planet because he has he gets purpose from doing that mm. does that make sense yeah so like you know I like to say in a generalized way when when women get married they give up like total independence because you can't be a partnership and be completely independent, right? You have to die to something. So women, we die to some of that hyper-independence, let's say. And men die to that like irresponsibility, the selfishness of like putting myself first and doing whatever I want to do. 
So there's something that's different and there's, there's a difference. There's a difference in, and I've worked with a lot of men and I've worked with men that, because the other, the other thing that's happened is that when, when, when women over-function in masculine energy, you're going, what happens with men is you're either going to, in, you're either going to evoke conflict with them. So if they're trying to hold their masculine energy in a healthy way, but you're challenging that masculine energy with yours, what are they going to do? Right. Yeah. So it's sort of like, if you think, you know, you're sick, you're drawing your sword yeah. and you don't even know you're doing it most of the time. You don't even realize. No, it's part of like that, the natural behaviors that you're doing or. Yes. And, yeah. and it's what you kind of learn to survive and what's gotten you as far as you've gotten in a lot of ways in your life. So the idea is like laying down that sword and learning how to also respect and trust his energy. And his energy is about pursuing and cherishing and loving your feelings above his own. If you're with a man who consistently wants you to cherish his feelings above yours, that's going to be a painful place for you at some point. Mm. That doesn't mean there aren't moments where my husband respects my thoughts and ideas and I don't, you know, support his feelings, but that's, I'm talking in a primary way. If I, and I've been with men like that, where I was like giving and nurturing and loving and sharing all how amazing I was hoping he was going to commit and choose to me. And he was like, this is great. He's taken it, but he was, I was feeding into that selfish nature nature. Yeah. I was over feet. I was over giving in a way that made him more passive. And what happened was you, I ended up um, in like a parent child dynamic where I was mama given all yeah. this greatness you know, money, time, body, energy. And he was like, oh, this feels good. This feels good. I'm going to take all this amazingness from her. But there was no part of him that valued me appropriately and felt like he had to earn access to have me because I gave him everything, hoping he was just going to value and choose me. Yeah. It's such a balance. It's such an interesting thing because, um, and I, I love that you brought up like what a healthy version of that looks like because they're loving, they're letting go of being irresponsible and like it's all about me and doing whatever I want. And they're like actually mm -hmm. their purpose is to protect the family, the house, the the planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, Children, um, planet. Yes. Thing. Yes. And As so, opposed to being selfish Peter Pan. Yes. 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 Oh, this is very good. Okay. I mean, my goodness. I feel like we have not even like scratched the surface. Because, yeah. because listen, Peter Pan is a lot of fun. We've all been with a Peter Pan. Yeah. He's a great playmate, but he doesn't want to grow up. Yeah. And he doesn't make a great life partner. You end up having to carry a lot of the load and you will eventually feel resentful. And you, so you basically you end up in your masculine anyways. That's what I'm saying. So if, if you're over giving, so that's mm -hmm. the other thing, masculine energy gives first, feminine energy gives back once it's been given to so oh. it's still a dance. Everyone, did you hear that? I feel like that was something my dad told me. <laughs> I don't give it up. <laughs> well, and it's not first. just sexual, but do you get what I'm saying? I do. No, I did. I do. <laughs> I did. It's so funny. That I think I did this on Danny, Danny J's podcast, Danny and Jill, the best life podcast, because we were talking about how I had spoken at a relationship conference of like 3000 people. And I like, you know, made a gesture like this. And I was like, what? Like, I made everybody do this. And they were like, what? I go, you just made a penis. What's it doing? You know, it's giving <laughs> first. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like this. Yeah. Okay. You just made a vagina. What's it doing? And they're like, it's receiving. I'm like, it's not doing anything. It's waiting to receive. Oh yeah. You know, there's a beautiful metaphor in that. The yeah. other, I, I like, I also love the metaphor of like, I don't know if you dance or if you mm -hmm. it, like partner dancing, like mm -hmm. ballroom. I'm a big Latin dancer. So like I, 
dance salsa dancing for years was just so extraordinary for me healing in a lot of ways, but it's a really beautiful, any kind of partner dancing that you watch that you see, that's just amazing when you watch a couple do that. And if you've done it, you know what it feels like. It only works because one person is leading and the other person in that moment is following. Like when I first started dancing, I would do what's called back leading and I would get yelled at by my instructor. So we'd start to dance and then I would start leading. And it's like, he's, you're, you're fighting me. Like I'm trying to, you got to follow me. And I was like, I, it's like instinctual for me Mm -hmm. to lead. And so I had to learn how to trust and follow and not know what was happening. And as I learned how to surrender into that, it was magical. Right. And so it's a very, it's a very similar, it's like, it's a beautiful metaphor for like that dance. Cause this is what it is. It's a dance of, of masculine and feminine energy, like giving and giving back and respecting and appreciating and loving and cherishing. And does that make sense? So, yeah. Well, and there's lots I like of that you described it as a spe- dance because it's not like a light switch. We're not like, and I'm turning off the masculine and I'm turning on the feminine, like the lights, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a dance. It's an ebb and flow. And it, it sounds like we have half, every person has to be present mm-hmm. in their body to really able to understand what is needed when they're in a relationship versus like when they're at work versus like when they're on their own. Like if you're single Mm -hmm. listening to this, like, um, you know, I'm like, what a great place to play with like getting into your feminine now before like you end up in a relationship and then you're trying to figure it out. Well, this is the thing women, when we date in that, from that place, you're going to gravitate toward men who are sitting more in like a a negative feminine energy. Mm -hmm. They're passive. They don't want to commit. They're Peter Pan. They could be a con man. They could be a narcissist. They could be, (gasps) All wow. of that stuff. That makes yeah. so much sense. I listen to all those podcasts where those women have been combat yes. of people and you always hear they're like super, like they run their own business. They're doing all the things. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, and you're like, how did that happen to them? Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. So part of being embodied in feminine energy is saying no to what doesn't feel good mm-hmm. and to having clear boundaries and to learning how to vet out other people in the sense of you're dating men, learning it's a lot of what I teach. Like how do I, I distinguish a good man from a bad man? How do I distinguish what's healthy masculinity and what's selfish little boy? And like nobody, and again, sometimes again, go back to the family blueprint. Sometimes we subconsciously map to things, right? So I have a father who I deeply love and I always loved and wanted, I think his approval a lot in my life. Um, but he was a fireman and he was Hispanic. And so he was very emotionally unavailable to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So then I would date men who were great and charismatic and handsome and just like my dad. Uh, but then after a little while, I'd be like, oh, you're emotionally unavailable. I'm, I must be home. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you, right. Like, yeah. oh, right. And so this is what happens, but nobody goes out. I wasn't out hunting for like, I wasn't looking for, you know, are you emotionally unavailable? Okay. I want to date you. You know, it was like, right. You, you don't, it's never in the beginning at everybody you're dating their, you know, PR department in the beginning, you're dating who they (laughs) want you to see. And it takes time to discern, but a lot of us are so, first of all, we're like dopamine addicts because of technology and our phones. We want instant gratification. So delayed gratification and patience to like vet people out, like we're not as great at. So it's something we got to kind of be careful about. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And if you, if you sleep with somebody right away for a woman in particular, you'll bond to him through oxytocin in a way that you can't see him clearly. So, so now to, you have oxytocin goggles okay, on. I have to tell you how I, I, I have to tell you how I like worked my way around this. So I, cause I'd read like, okay. I like a lady think like a man. 
kind of book. Yeah. And I so totally. I read it and like um my friend read it. He's like, he's a I narcissist. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sure he's a narcissist, but like it doesn't matter. It worked. So here's the thing. Cause it said, yeah. like, don't give out the benefits before 90 days. If I work for four, yeah. I have to wait 90 days. And it's like 90 yeah. days. Like, I don't know. I want to be with someone in 90 days. What if that's not good? So, anyways, when I met my husband, um, uh, he was going through divorce at the time. Don't worry, everyone. She was not in the picture. Papers were filed. Like it was, it would happen. Okay. <laughs> clean, so uh, it was clean yeah. and clear. And I was only five months out of like a relationship of five years. It did not go well. And so like neither one of us are really able to date, but he was hot. And he was like, Hey, do you want to get out of here? And I was like, you know what? He is not dateable right now. So I will go home with him, but I'm not going to give him my phone number because then I'm not going to worry about him calling me and I don't have to, I'm, I'm going to like block all that. I'm not going to get attached yeah. and then he'll find me when it's time and then we'll date. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I love it. But see, what's crazy about that is you still activated his like hunting nature for back, lack of a better word. Oh yeah. Word. I did Does not that give him my phone number. And he, so there was a scarcity piece of like, yeah. if I, and so this is the thing about men too. They fall in love with women when they're away from them. Oh, so women don't, women think like, I need to be right on top of him. So he doesn't like find another girl. Like, no, no, he, you need to value yourself enough yeah. to do exactly what you did and be like, if you want me, you can come find me. Because I also need to see that you're willing to pay the price. It's sort of like this. I tell women all the time. It's like, you know, if you're a $200,000 Maserati, right? And there's a man who's like, oh, that's my dream car. Oh my gosh. He goes to the car a lot. He's like, I want this car. And he asks the salesman, like, how much is it? It's like $200,000. He's like, I don't have that. Like, will you take 50,000? Uh, no, you can like the Honda dealerships down the road. Like, yeah. no, right. Yeah. It's like hard. No, what happens is you are a $200,000 Maserati, but you let a man drive you around for a few years for free, hoping he's going to pay full price. Yeah. No, it's yeah. human nature that we will always value something that we've had to work to achieve. Yeah. Right. I have a medal from running a marathon and it's one of like my, <laughs> you know, kind of prize that because I only did one girl. I was like, I did, I did one and I, I, I was like, I didn't do the halves. And then I'm like, no, yeah. I don't run anymore. <laughs> but you know, it's like if I, so I love this medal because it reminds me of the whole journey of what I went through in order to achieve that goal. It's a symbol of that. It's not if I, if somebody had given that to me and I hadn't run the marathon, I'd be like, I don't need this like thrift store. Like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. So, I do. And I'm just like loving it. I, so I, feel I love so, that story. I feel so yeah. validated because he did. He like emailed me like next week, like on Facebook. And he's like, how did I not your number? And I was like, well, I know how I didn't, didn't give it to you. And then like, and then we, um, we didn't date. And in fact, I like, my friend was like, you should invite him to your birthday party. I'm like, I don't text him. He can text me and she was like leslie you let him get lead initiate first yeah and so i was like i was like she's like you should invite him so i was like i don't i know i've said i know people don't check their facebook events so here is what's happening don't tell me you're coming to just show up like i don't want to like what it's a surprise for me (laughs) and like but like we did that and then like it didn't work out but i didn't text him and then when we finally got together um, he had texted me about something he was struggling in yoga. And my trainer said, if you want to date this guy, don't teach him how to do that. Cause he was struggling with in yoga. And he's like, I know you're a Pilates instructor. Do not teach him how to do that thing. No. And I was like, Oh, well, right. thank you for letting me know. And totally. I, so I said, Hey, do you want to just go to a yoga class together? Like, so I would not be the teacher yeah. of the backbends to him. 100%. And then, but I never texted him. And when we 
like it was June. So like nine months after we met, we were like starting to hang out more. And then he decided to break up with me. We were not technically dating everyone. I was dating other people um, because I was like, well, one way that I won't be attached to anybody. So I'll just date some more people. Yep. <laughs> yep. So um, he's like, um, he said, I don't want to, I want to make sure I'm not leading you on. And then he proceeded to tell me everything he liked about me for two hours. One of them is you don't text me. You don't call me. You don't bother me. Like I have to like call you. And I was like, you are like me too much. And it's, it's scaring you a little bit. <laughs> totally. Anyways, we ended up he, getting together. <laughs> because when, he, when men fall in, this is the thing about men too. They usually only really fall in love a few times in their life. Mm. Because when men really give their heart, they give it all the way. My old mentor used to say, you'll never in the world find a man who's tougher on the outside than a woman is on the inside. And you'll never find a woman who's um, like softer, softer on the inside than a man is on the inside. Mm. Like there's a tenderness again. That's the anima and the animus in this the masculine yeah. in peace and in its own way. So when men really choose you because you think they're by nature they're polygamous, like in their you know evolutionary biology. So when they are going to give up all other vaginas for the rest of their life for you, like they have to value you in a way that is yeah extraordinary as yeah. you should be. Yeah. And also it also, it does. And also like, um, and I have to wrap this up because I know, I know people are driving and they're like, Leslie, you never go this long. I know we're going to have Kelly back. We're going to do a whole day. We'll have a marriage episode. I don't know. We'll have to have her back. We're continuing this conversation, but like, whatever you want, I guess like, I guess, and maybe this can be what we talk about in the be it action in a moment, but like, it sounds to me like as women, we are just not valuing our feminine energy enough. And we tend to see it as like this thing over there that like could mm-hmm. embarrass us at any time because we could like break down crying as opposed to like, yeah. as opposed to it being this like superpower that like, what a yes. cool world that actually yes. like, we always could break yes. the glass ceiling. We lived in a world that didn't want us to, but we always right. had the abilities. And I think that's why they didn't right. let us. <laughs> right. But we we forgot to bring this incredible superpower that we have so naturally. And so, yes. um, so we're going to take a brief break. And then I'm wondering if we can, for the be it action, I'm talk a little bit about how we could like value and own that, that feminine energy a little bit more. All right, loves. It's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. 
I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Kelly, where can people find you, follow you, work with you, and then we'll get to those beat action items. Yeah, I just want to say really quickly, based on what you just said, is that the masculine energy is direct. Feminine energy is indirect Mm. and it's equally powerful, Mm. but it's a different way. It's a different mode. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and I teach all of it. Um, Well, not all of it as much as I'm able to. Um, So I, you can find me at lovebravelyacademy.com. So I'm literally launching a brand new academy. That's basically for high achieving women who are navigating the journey from single dating to successfully married. If you're anywhere in that journey and you want support and insight kind of around a lot of the things we're talking about. Um, that's my whole jam. Cool. Like, you know? I love that. Yes. Yeah. We'll put that and link love- in the notes. Ladies, I hope you sign up. <laughs> Ladies, me too. I have a wait list right now. It's exciting. That's amazing. So it'll, yeah. It starts September, early September. So yeah. So, so that's kind of where everything is moving now for me is to be able to help more people in that you know, in that way. Um, and a lot of equipping, a lot of teaching so that you can integrate it yourself, whether you're in therapy with somebody else or coaching, or if you, you know, work with me one-on-one, um, my practice is full right now, I have a wait list for that too, but it's, you know, I just, my heart is I want to help give as much information as I can that can mm-hmm. be transformational. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it hundreds of times with my own clients and with my own life. So mm. it's just a pleasure to talk about it. And it's so fun to be with you today, Leslie. Thank you. I, I know. I'm loving this. This is so fun. What's that like bold, exuberant, intrinsic target steps, which sounds very masculine to me right now, but the bold yeah. part and the intrinsic part, I think could be very feminine. So what are the, totally, <laughs> what are the things, what are the things yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, how do I even like weed this down? But so I, I, I put a few together for you. So one is in your romantic relationships, decide primarily which energy you want to sit in. Do you want to primarily sit in the feminine energy or do you want to primarily sit in the masculine energy? You can have either, mm-hmm. but you're going to be looking for the complement of that. And in my experience, 90% of the women I work with prefer to sit in the feminine energy in their personal and romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But it's a personal choice. So that to say, and one of the one of the ways you can kind of questions that I think is really helpful in figuring this out is to say, is it more important for me? You say like, Kelly, well, I want both. Okay. Of course we all do. Right. Um, but you can't have both equally because that's healthy narcissism and you should stay single, right? <laughs> like if you want, if you want your emotions, <laughs> my elementary used to say that. So it's like, if you want your feelings cherished and you want your thoughts respected, then what your partner, what's your partner going to get? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so ask yourself, was it more important for you in your in your romantic relationships to have your feelings cherished by your partner or to have your thoughts respected by your partner. Mm-hmm. That's you can have both, but you need like a tipping point. Yeah. Just, you just need 51%. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So then you weren't, we can not be the, nar- I, I'm always like, am I a narcissist? That probably means I'm not a narcissist, but you know, like, so how yeah, do we- <laughs> narcissists don't ask that question? <laughs> I, like, I, the question you could I be as codependent, myself, I know. but you're probably not a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, I'm like, and then what step, what level does make this a cult? Like, you know, so I'm, these are the questions that I filter things through. Am I a narcissist? Is it a cult leader? And also, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of teaching around narcissism, codependency, addiction, trauma. Mm. I call them the big four. So yeah. we do deep dives around that in the academy because there's all the end phases yeah. of relationship, how to navigate. Yeah. So the okay. second thing I said, yeah. yeah. So you, so just so clarify, so we're going to ask ourselves like which one we want to like live in more in a relationship. In the, just in your, yeah, you can be masculine all day, balls to the wall, go get it. Mm-hmm. In your romantic life, is it more important for you to have a partner cherish your feelings? Mm-hmm or respect your thinking. Yeah. And also it sounds like above theirs. Yeah. And also it sounds like if we want um, to respect our thinking, then we then have to cherish their feelings. So exactly. (laughs) Just in case anyone's like, I want to respect my thinking. (laughs) You also then have to cherish cherish your feelings feelings (laughs) primarily. (laughs) Yeah. And Mm -hmm. are you, do you want to lead and initiate most and give more and to start Mm -hmm. right. And be given back to like, so that's the dance. Right. Um, and then the other thing is just learn how to identify, honor, and regulate your own emotions, mm-hmm. your own feelings. They're just as valuable as your rational thoughts. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to do that is just to ask yourself, even as, does that feel good to me? I mean, that's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always like, what are you feeling? Learn, you know, those little like um, emoji charts that mm-hmm. we show in kindergarten about your emotions. Like, yes. I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm lonely. I'm, you know, like literally sometimes I give those to clients. I'm like, which one are you feeling? Yeah. You know, it's like, so you want to be able to try to identify what am I actually feeling? You don't always have to understand why or where it comes from. You just need to name the feeling so that you don't repress it and you don't pretend it's not there. You just like, okay, I'm feeling really lonely right now. Okay. It's okay that I'm feeling lonely right now. And I don't know why. And you just validate the feeling because feelings are valid Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. They don't have to rationally make sense, but just honor them. Don't ruminate in them and don't make all your decisions just how I'm feeling, right? Yeah. But, but honor your feelings. So what am I actually feeling? Validate the actual feeling. It's okay to feel it. Then ask yourself, given that I'm feeling this way, what action could I take? Or what could I ask someone, my partner to do or not do that could help me feel better? Mm. And then take that action. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. So that's, again, that's the integration of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your body somatically, like you're honoring all that. So it's integrated. Yeah. You're not repressing and you're not acting it out. You're not projecting it. You're like, what am I feeling? It's valid. I'm feeling it. Okay. Thinking about that, given that I'm feeling that way, what could I do to make myself feel better? What could I ask for? And it could be anything. Yeah. You know, like it could be the smallest thing and it could be a big thing, but then do it and then repeat. Like I was feeling, I came home the other day and I was feeling really anxious. And I don't really know why, because I don't typically do that. My husband's like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not feeling, I'm feeling really anxious. It's strange. And he's like, well, what can I do to help you feel better? Because he's well integrated. So he knew I'm like, what what can I do to help you feel better? And I was like, oh, thank you for asking. I was like, actually, can I just have like a big oxytocin hug? I just think I need help regulate my nervous system. He's like, yeah. So just held me for like two minutes and, and that was it, you yeah. know? So, I but that's that. an example. 
I love that because like um, we had uh, um, my holistic doctor was on uh, earlier this year and she said, mm-hmm. whatever you're feeling, try not to find reason around it because that's just going to create yes. added stress and you'll yes. probably you're judging, you're judging the, the feeling and There's then you're no, also yeah. like more often than not going to create a reason that was not the reason that made you feel that way. Like you're feeling stressed at work. So you blame the work, but really it could have been the drive. And you're blaming the job, and so then you find a new job, but you're still could stressed. Could be your hormones. Yeah, it could be your could hormones. Be that could be you're highly yeah. empathic, and you're picking up other people's energy. Yeah. So it's like just validate could, the feelings, and then ask yourself, like, what could I, what, what do I need right now, or what could someone do for me right now to like help? What me? action could I take? What action? So you're asking take? yourself, what action could I take? Okay. That could help me feel better because we're mm. trying to cherish your feelings, but mm. we're integrating it. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense. Oh my God, Kelly, I'm just kind of obsessed with you. Um, okay, guys. <laughs> Likewise, we can do it again. We're going to do this again. Um, so, you know, send your questions in. <laughs> so we're going to do this again. Um, Kelly, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for helping okay. us kind of understand the like energies because I do think it can get confused with like femininity and masculinity. And I feel like, like we scratched the surface. I mean, we like, all, honestly, I guess how could we? If you have perfect? questions, it makes sense. There's so much more yeah. to it. But yeah, we totally scratched the surface. We definitely have more to talk about. So, Talk, like take this in, share this with your friend, let us know what your um, takeaways are. And until next time, yeah. be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also make sure to introduce yourself over at the be it pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your hosts, Leslie Logan and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the Epic Team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Samena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website. And finally to Meredith Crowell for keeping us all on point and on time. All right, my coffee lovers. I got something for you. And I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this, you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go. In fact, I know the plies instructors around here are taking coffee, kombucha, tea, and water into every class that they take. So this one is amazing because this is pure cafe bold. They have two options for you. They've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte, which is amazing. And here's why it's amazing. It's pre-brewed. So it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet in to your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right, Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi, cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients. This natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being. And seriously, it's actually super simple to make. Leslie and I have taken it camping. Yeah. I'll use it in the afternoon. We're taking it everywhere because I'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee. It's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane. And the black coffee is like 
less than a dollar a packet. So it's like, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the caramel myself. He the does caramel like has it. a little bit of, uh, of milk in it. So. It has some dairy, so my dairy-free peeps, you, you can't do the caramel, but you can do the black, right? Yeah, the black coffee is vegan, keto, gluten-free, non-GMO, nut-free, dairy-free, fat-free, and CGMP compliant. All right, so here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee. B-E-I-T-P-O-D dot com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are going to be at pod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!